RadioInfluence.com. Welcome to another episode of the Real Animals Podcast, always presented by my good friends at Contender Boats. Super excited today to have a another great Real Animals partner to uh, to talk to here, uh, somebody who I have been working with for many, many, many years. Uh, very proud to be associated with this company for a, a multitude of reasons. Um, the, the most important to me, and I mention this all the time when I'm talking about this brand, it's the people. The, the people at this brand, to me, are a cut above um, 90% of the fishing industry. I just from the ground up, it's just uh, this company is about great people doing things the right way. So uh, I am super excited to to bring you Paul Cabellin. He is the owner, the inventor, the main man at Ingle Coolers. You can go to inglecoolers.com. And uh, I am looking forward to this interview, my friend. How you been, Paul? You good? Awesome. Thank you, man. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, no worries. We're uh, we're super excited. I know your your time is valuable, so I was super excited when you said you had had time to, to chat with us a little bit. Um, I think w- with Ingle being, you know, the original roto-molded cooler, the first, I think we have to start with the history of Ingle coolers. Can you can you dive into that, how you how this whole thing evolves and comes about and, and kind of turns into this whole... Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. The Ingle brand is worldwide for since 1962. Um Japanese bought a patent for a compressor. And the compressor was a DC-powered refrigeration compressor. And they then actually built it. Um, this company in Japan, uh, it's called Sawafuji Electric Company. They were basically a generator company. They made generators for all sorts of prestigious companies. One of them was like a Honda. Uh, all those little red Hondas for many years were built by them. So they have expertise. And what they did is they developed the very first ever small, portable, 12-volt fridge freezer. I was lucky enough when I came over to the United States in 1997 was I realized they didn't exist here. They were uh, not sold, you know, in a retail sort of situation. So got hold of the company. I'd worked for a Japanese company before in South Africa, where I'm from, and reached out to them, and they were interested. They were, uh, flew out here, we met, I flew back there, you know, the normal sort of classic Japanese way of doing business. So I started selling fridge freezers to mostly boating markets, sailboats, powerboats. And you've got now not just a little built-in fridge, but you've got the option to have a portable freezer. Four-wheel drive market was big in Australia and South Africa. And in the U.S., now suddenly the opportunity, you know, to have these 12-volt fridge freezers. Um, started doing a lot of boat shows, a lot of different other types of shows as well, just trying to check out the market. And ended up buying a little boat at one stage, a little 18-foot catamaran. And um, it came with a cooler. And I hated it. (laughs) There was a lot of things wrong with it. I'm not going to mention the brand. The drain plug was the biggest issue. It was sort of tied down to the boat, and the drain plug was... I don't know, two or three inches above the bottom of the floor. And I'm like, come on, man, when you wash it out, it's open water. Now you've got to unhook it and try and tip it upside down to get all the water to drain out. So that was first and foremost in my mind, like, that is dumb. <laughs> and 
every trade show I went to, you know, people would rave about these freezers that we had. And, and remember, I started in 97. They'd been around since 62. So I kept bumping into people that had bought them in Europe or on a, on a European boat, and they knew the brand. And they, come on, man, that's the most amazing, amazing product. Why don't you guys... And it was a customer saying to me, why don't you build a better cooler, build a better cooler? So the back of my mind is, I've got this really bad cooler, and I agree. So I reached out, found some designers, worked with them for a little bit, and then took it to a factory that was able to make the very first, what we call a cnc one-piece rotor-molded cooler. Now, there were some coolers out that were rotor-molded, but with pieces. They were welded, hand-welded. Uh, there was a couple of different brands were trying that. Um, Anyway, we built the very, very first, and uh, it you know since been copied many times over um, with slight iterations. But we still have the most features and um, value for money. I would say absolutely. My experience was just literally taking down notes. Every person that ever came to me, uh, God, I hate this about my cooler. Could you do that? I I wrote it down. And I was in, able to incorporate pretty much every single thing into this rotor molded cooler. So it uh, did pretty pretty darn well. I'm very proud of it. And um, since then, developed other smaller coolers and bait coolers and aerators and tumblers and all sorts of other cool stuff along the way. I think that's the, the, the thing that I tell people the most about Ingo coolers. Because you get guys, on, you know, with my charter business, guys get on the boat and they're like, okay, so you're an Ingo guy. Why? And I'm like, it's the attention to detail. It's the, the small things that go into the Ingo coolers that make the most sense that the other companies haven't figured out yet that just baffle me. You know, um, the west coast of Florida, we're, we're throwing cast nets every morning to have, you know, that, that you know. Flush latch. Thank you. That was the word I was looking for. The flush latch. All the things on the Ingo cooler, though, that you don't have things, you just don't, you're not hooking up to them. If I go on somebody else's boat and they've got another brand, you just walk by the cooler and you end up getting snagged. Oh, God, you say hello. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just, it's it's that. It's it's the rubber, the rubber piece that you put on the bottom of the tumblers so the tumblers don't slide around. It's the screw-in lid that you put in the tumblers so that they don't, you know, if it, if it tips over, it doesn't. the lid doesn't come out of it. I mean, it's just, it's just so well thought out, Paul. It just, to me, it, it shows the, the, the attention to detail and the level of care of what you're delivering well, to you. the people. Thank it's you. huge. From my point of view, I am not just a designer or a dreamer or a business owner. I am a fisherman. Uh, with that in mind, when are we going fishing, you and me? Because we have not done that. Um, <laughs> but I've spent my whole life in the water diving, fishing. Um, actually, let me go back a couple. In South Africa, I had a fancy degree in marine biology. Uh, so I spent, oh gosh, I can't tell you how many years underwater diving. I was involved with abalone uh, farming. Started the very first abalone farm in South Africa uh, before coming out here. So always in the water, always analyzing, always looking, always thinking. You know what? What can we do that will make it better? And it was a lot of fun. You know, putting it all together into a cooler and the rotor molding gave us the ability to to, to dream up all of those things and incorporate them. Uh, now, you know, why haven't other people done it? As they saw us because we were the first, but they did have to change stuff. A lot of these guys had to change it up and be different so that the strong arm of the law didn't come down on them. We had a design patent on it, but everybody had to change something some way. And unfortunately, when you change something, it 
98 percent of the time it's it's not good you know it's, it's a compromise yeah. it's a compromise and and that's kind of where it led um so you know fly fishing i love fly fishing don't get to do as often as i want but absolutely you know the latches need to be flush um and that being said we had customers that had rubber latches and you know a couple of them the dogs would get a hold of the rubber latch or customer would rip it so hard you know and break it off it's okay they're replaceable not a big deal but then thinking about it like well hell i'm sure we could make a stainless steel latch and we already had those on our little dry box coolers you know lovely little stainless steel latches we've never had one break you know we do hundreds of thousands of those things uh so let's go to the factory design took probably six months and we finally came up with a replacement latch or alternative latch for an angled rotor molded cooler, which is a stainless steel latch. Fits in the same hole, does exactly the same job, still flush, little things, you know, it's a little upgrade if you want to do it. Yeah, well, and I again, still I still like the rubber on mine, but there's some customers, particularly the commercial kind of guys, they they want the stainless. It, to me, it's 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 that, that the thought process that you put into it. I'm gonna bring up a, a new product that uh, I am absolutely in love with from Ingo Coolers, and that's our rechargeable live bait aerator pumps. When that thing showed up at my house, I was like a little kid. <laughs> I seriously, and it, awesome. it, it makes it probably doesn't make sense. People are like, dude, it's an aerator pump. But well, your first question is, is it on? Is it actually working? Because you push the button, the lights come on, and you're like, okay, you know. It's, but actually, is it working? It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Like, in, in what happens here on the west coast of Florida, you know, when, when you hit August and September, our water temps are through the roof. Um, we've had some bad water issues, you know, with water quality. Um, to be able to put that aerator pump and just set it on the back of my boat and have it pump extra air, extra oxygen into my live well has been phenomenal. Like it's been phenomenal. My baits are twice as lively as the guy, the guy that I'm sitting next to on the flat fishing against. And it's all because of that. And to have them rechargeable where you can use them a couple days, you're not worried about water getting into them and, 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 you know, whacking on the batteries. And then the whole thing is shot. All I got to do at, at night, I, I walk it into my garage, I plug it in in the morning, I grab it when I go out the door, I'm off and running for the whole day. I thought that thing was ingenious. I really did. I was like, wow. Well, thank you. It was a little video on our website, and I uh, told people to go and have a look. We took five or six, I can't remember, uh, existing air pumps and put them all on the countertop and went out and bought a little sound meter and then turned each one on for a few seconds. And then the last one is this new one. And it's like, oh, my God, you know, it's not, you can't actually hear it. Yeah, that's it's a, the decibel ratings below the normal human ear, you know, so you kind of, if you touch it, you'll feel a little bit of vibration, but realistically, you know, you don't hear it. It's, it's, and I'm going to put on my marine yeah. biology hat for you, and I'm going to help you. And you probably, you tell me if you knew this or not, but those warm days that you're talking about, summertime, essentially, um, your live well that's recirculating in your boat is pulling water from the top one foot, typically, mm -hmm. of the ocean. That is the warmest part of the ocean. And when it's not super windy, that will sort of stratify into a very, very nice warm layer. Um, and you go down five feet or 10 feet, it's a lot cooler. Now, why I mention that is oxygen in warm water is almost doesn't exist. It's really difficult to have oxygen in warm water. Every 10 degrees, and I'm gonna talk Celsius, so if you wanna say every 20 degrees Fahrenheit, the oxygen doubles the colder the water is. It's, it's that dramatic. So if you can get the water temperature down a hair, it makes a huge difference in the amount of available oxygen. 
And oxygen is energy and life. Uh, you're adding to your life well with, with our little pump. That's great. But, and I've done this with shrimp and crab, if you're able to buy it and don't put it in your circulating system on your boat, leave it in the cooler. Leave it in our little live bait cooler. Why? Because it's insulated. And take a little frozen bottle of water and don't empty it in there. Just drop the water bottle in there. It'll drop the temperature down a good couple of degrees. What that does is it allows the aerator to continue to pump air, but the oxygen in the water now increases a lot. So your bait becomes like really lively and had a fun little experiment when we were first doing this. It was lying in the water with a snorkeling gear and there were two live baits. One was just a bucket at ambient temperature with normal water and the other one was an angle live bait cooler with a slightly cooler air uh, water in it and shrimp that had been in each one for five hours or four hours or something. I can't remember exactly, but uh, you then throw the shrimp out and watch it when it gets in the water. The shrimp that is out of the warm water just kind of listlessly sinks to the bottom and honestly lays upside down on the bottom with the hook kind of buried in the sand and just just lies there. Uh, the one that comes out of the colder water goes crazy. It's looking for the cold water again. It doesn't know that it's been you know, thrown in the ocean, right. but it's actively looking for that colder water and it's alive and it's got energy in it, a lot of energy in it. And if you're going to catch a snook or a tarpon, and it's the same with the crabs as well. I've told a lot of these guys down, down south, you're here on the bridge and you know, it's great to have crabs in hot water, but why? You can put them in cold water. They swim so much better when they're going bananas for... I don't know, five or 10 minutes, they're going crazy looking for that cold water again. Just if you want to win a competition, do it. There's no question about it. That makes a lot of sense. And it it reminds me of our days on the Redfish Tournament Trail when we used to just try to drop that water temp a little bit by doing exactly that. I never thought about doing it for my live well, and I don't know why, because it makes all kinds of sense. But I thought about doing it to keep my redfish alive when I was trying to get a check. But I didn't think about doing it with the bait. But that makes makes a ton of sense. That's a a pretty... It's like just recharging the batteries in these shrimp. If you can recharge their batteries with, with, you know, colder water and oxygen and then say bye and you flip them out there, um, it's the light switches on, you know, then suddenly they're going, they're going crazy. And oh my God, you know, there's very few snook, tarp and redfish that are going to turn down a very active you know, bait like yeah, that. No, no, for sure. You're going to get more bites on an active bait. That's a hundred percent fact. There's no doubt about it. So it, for some reason it just looks tastier to them. So, uh, I dig that. I dig that. Let me, let's, let's, let's talk about this, this, the soft coolers a little bit, the backpacks and stuff like that. Let's talk about how all that came to be, because I think that's a cool piece of the puzzle here at Ingle too, that, um, I love mine. I absolutely love it. It, it makes all my deer hunting trips so much better. Um, I add it to the boat a lot when, when the wife and I are boating on the weekends and, and running out and doing a little fishing. Um, I just think they're so useful uh, and make so much sense. So, you know, when did that whole craze start? And, and, and you know, It started a couple of years ago, and I'm going to kind of divert a little bit away from hunting and fishing. Um, I had a son, and you know him well, a uh, crazy lacrosse player. So yeah, yeah. like many parents, we end up on the side of the lacrosse field sometimes for both Saturday and Sunday. And then it, if they're, you know, competing in travel and the next thing we're based here in South Florida and the next thing we're going up to Orlando or Tampa or, um, for weekends. And you know as well as I do, if you go down to the ice machine in the hotel on a Saturday morning and there's a big event on, whether it be, you know, 
a basketball or baseball or football or whatever. You know, and all the, every all the teams are staying in the hotel. Um, if you're not the first dad down there with a the cooler, that ice machine is kind of gone. Yeah. Right. Um, I said, let's make a really, really badass soft cooler. Um, I like a soft cooler. It's easier to carry. It weighs nothing when it's empty almost. It's super light. Um, the rotomold cooler, I don't like to drag. You know, and then you've got to take a wagon, and it's just a little bit heavier, you know, all sure. around. Yep. But for this cooler, the genius part about this is you can get it into an ice machine, and you, you know, by just bending it and flips underneath there in a hotel push a button, fill it with ice, but you don't do it in the morning. You do it the night before when nobody's thinking about ice. Everybody's thinking about bed and restaurants and, you know, that sort of, we do it the night before and the next morning there's almost no ice melt. And you're ready for the day. You're absolutely ready for the day. And and honestly, you're ready for two days. You don't need to fill it every day. You know, it'll it'll last two days, no problem. Then we started traveling on an airplane. I'm like, man, this would be an awesome, you know, let's take it with us. And it would start uh, hand luggage. So we'd sometimes put toiletries in there, whatever, dump it out when we get to the hotel, use the cooler. And then when we fly back on a Sunday night, that's, that's your hand luggage. By the way, if you're into photography and I love photography, I've got nice cameras and lenses. Um, it's an amazing product because it's, you know, bump resistant, dent resistant. You put, you don't, you know, you're not, you're not using it for its insulation. You're using it for its cushioning and you can put stuff in there that um, is, you know, drones, long lenses, things that you want to protect. It's, it's a great product for that. I so that's kind of the super the dur- origin of all of that. They're super durable too. I have a camouflage Ingle soft sided cooler that that goes on every hunting trip, every deer hunting trip with me, and I leave it in the in the back of my side by side, and and it's you know all my water and maybe a cold beer or two, whatever needs to be in there for these long hunts when you're spending all day in the woods. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, beating it around, throwing it from the truck to the buggy. You know, sometimes we're putting, you know, deer in the back of the buggy. I mean, they're just durable. They don't take up a lot of room, and they do such a great job at holding ice. I just I just love my – I'm just a big fan of my soft-sided cooler. So, and we, uh, we had a wonderful trip once to Costa Rica, and um, each took one as a hand luggage. And <clears throat> we were spearfishing elephant tuna, and it was the most unbelievable experience. Um, we gave some to the restaurant and was able to trade it for some amazing meal. They cooked it for us. But um, how do we get it home? Are these soft-sided coolers were the answer? We put it all in there, and I'm thinking, hmm, I wonder what's going to happen when we get back to customs and immigration in Fort Lauderdale. Um, the only thing the guy did is open it up. He looked inside, and he saw all this beautiful Ziploc right there, uh, yellow and tuna, and then it, it's like, is there any way that I can have some of that? I'm like, hell no. <laughs> I was going to say, the way, a, a by something. the way, there was no ice needed. We literally took it out of the refrigerator, dumped it in the bag, and whatever it was, a couple hours flight, I can't even remember. Um, four or five hours flight plus the, you know, the lead up time and the, and the back end time, and call it 10 hours total. Um, absolutely cold maybe a degree or two warmer than we started out with, but nothing, essentially no change. That's, it's, a, um, it's a really great product. So, yeah, bringing, bringing meat back, you know, heading out with, with food, coming back with meat, no problem, you know, especially if you're traveling or having to walk and carry. Um, it's, it's a neat product to have. Yeah, there's no doubt. Again, the versatility of that whole soft-sided cooler line that we have to me is just uh, is really – it's really incredible. And then again, you know, 
you guys, you know, the Tumblr thing, if I'm not mistaken, the Tumblr thing kind of took off across, you know, the industry. Like all of a sudden there was a ton of tumblers out there. And then when the Ingle Tumblr came out, I remember looking at it first going, you know, Paul has done it again. <laughs> like, it's almost like you took your time, let everybody else make all these mistakes with their tumblers. Well, there weren't too many before me. There were, there were one or two before me. Okay. Let me go back even 10 or 20 years before that. There was there were tumblers out. Um, I remember that thermos company was, was doing it. Um, and then we took it and designed it, you know, perfectly to fit in the cup holder. That was one thing. Perfectly, we got the little rubber foot underneath, a little pad underneath it. Yeah, it just stops that irritating vibration noise if you're on something that's moving. But more importantly, you can put it on the hood of a, of a pickup truck and it's not going to slide off yeah, uh, no matter how well polished it is. Um, it's just, it just does not slide, uh, doesn't scratch, doesn't mark. But the number one thing was, you know, make it that you can tip it upside down and nothing happens. It's not going to spill in your car. It's not going to spill on your lap. Right. That to me was the one. Everybody I talked to was said the same thing. They're like, "Dude, a screw-in lid, absolutely brilliant." Yeah, just brilliant. so your kind of world, you know, the guys would put one of these other competitors' ones on the front of the center console and go skipping across the water at thirty, forty miles an hour in the morning, and they look down at their t-shirt and <laughs> right. it's atomized. You know, it's just like <laughs> little sort of sprays as it sloshes around and. When we gave them our ones, or they bought our ones, or whatever, just, the reports coming in were just like this is flipping awesome, you know. And I had one negative report from my very, very best friend. He, his wife, kindly made him a cup of coffee every morning, and when he got to the to the highway, which was 15 minutes drive, you know, the cup cup of coffee would be opened, and he'd take his first sip, and uh, getting onto the I-95 here in South Florida. And the very first day, he used my tumbler. Um, he all but had an accident and burnt his lip and spilled, <laughs> spilled coffee all over his lap because so it didn't hot. take into effect the fact that there's vacuum insulation, which basically keeps the heat for many, many hours as opposed to a normal you know, coffee mug, right. uh, which 15, 20 minutes later is drinkable. Temperature's great. That's and so uh, yeah, no, he was, he was very unhappy with me until he figured out how to use it. You know, Before he leaves the house, he throws two ice cubes in there, three ice cubes just to Bring the temperature down. It's <laughs> crazy. It's a great product. You made it too well, he said. You made it much, you know, far too well. I said, thank you. I take that as a compliment. No, he said, you know, anyway, all happy stuff. Yeah, it's good stuff. So let's let's talk a little bit, Paul. I mean, you, you've obviously, you know, South Africa and all the cool places you've been. Um, you've been in this industry a long time. If If somebody came to you and said, Paul, what's the coolest place you've ever fished if there if there's one magical place like you, I, whatever it is you can't get enough of it like i want to go back there tomorrow where is that place and why september early october atlantic along the beach where the mullet are going crazy and the tarpon and the snook are chasing them that to me is it's a national geographic moment when you're there it's just Unbelievably special. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. I've seen video of it, but I've never seen it. Oh, it's just, wow. You know, that that's a close to, first to a yellowfin trip with the boys. We got occasionally get an invite. I don't have a boat that's big enough or good enough to do that, but head out to north of the Bahamas or um, what we call the corner and um, chase birds 
and to Sri Elephant. You know, the adrenaline rush there was just insane. Um, the camaraderie with a whole bunch of guys. But honestly, if I had to choose one time of the year and one location, it would be somewhere along the beach watching. Even I don't have to fish. I just watch those tarpon working those big schools of mullet. It's, it's just stunning. Absolutely stunning. Oh, that sounds pretty cool. That's right by your office too, right? Can't you do that? That's too? right here. Yeah. Literally, that's right here. The problem is uh, that time of the year, you know, you can get the swells and that's sort of hurricane season peak or just after the peak of the hurricane season. So, you know, you've got to have flat water. Uh, you've got to have initially rough water. It seems to release the tarpon and the, sorry, releases the mullet out of the inlets. Um, and then the next day when that water calms down slightly, that's when you can get out there and these mullet are not pinned up alongside the beach and six or eight feet of water. Um, it, it's just phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen videos of it. It looks, uh, it looks pretty, pretty crazy. So, you know, fly fishing, you know, spin fishing for tarpon. There's a lot of, there's a lot of different ways to catch them. What's Paul's favorite way to catch fish? I know you had mentioned the fly fishing earlier, so. I just was curious to see, kind of get your take on how you, you know, if you, if you, if you were going to set up a fishing trip, cause Hey, this is my favorite type of fishing. I want to go do this. You know, what, what kind of fishing is Paul doing? It's, it's probably always going to be the live bait. Honestly, fly fishing is great, but it's frustrating. Yeah, um, I, I think you've got to know a lot about it or have a guide that can, you know, put you on it with a, a 60, 70% chance you're going to do something. But when you're working in an office and you're running a business and da 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 da, da you know, the little precious time that you get to go out. Um, I don't have the the local knowledge or the, the knowledge from yesterday, you know, that's right. going to make it really worthwhile. And you as a guide knows that, you know, if you're going out on a daily basis, you, you keep in touch with where the fish are and what's happening and where they're moving. And absolutely, there's that day or two you're going to get skunked. But for an office guy, or a weekend warrior like myself, you know, you get out there and it's just, you know, Saturdays are busy, Sundays are busy on the water. You know, it's tough. Sure. It is tough. Sure. I I tell the story uh, quite often, uh, whether I'm at seminars or whatever I'm doing. It, you know, when I first started guiding, I was I was part time. I was running my aluminum business and you know, guiding on the side. And, and I was fortunate because I had some great names here in Tampa Bay who were friends of mine. So if we had a group trip on Saturday and I didn't fish all week, they would kind of give you some insight and, hey, you know, the fish have been here, they're here, blah, blah, blah. Oh, and that's critical. That's it, huge, it was yeah. it was huge for sure. But but what was really interesting was I, I when I decided to, to, to leave the aluminum business and, and turn it over to my partners and, and, and go to fishing full time, the first six months that I went full time, where even if I didn't have a trip, I was on the water looking at stuff, looking for new stuff, just covering water. It was amazing to me the amount of knowledge, the amount of fish that I caught and how much that increased just because of that day-to-day. Finger on the pulse, you feel it every day. Yeah, you're feeling every little little wind change, you know, moving fish here. Okay, well, yesterday it was out of the east, today it's out of the west. They're not on this shore. Oh, they moved to this shoreline. So when the wind switches, they're moving over here. They're not on this dock. Why are they not on this dock? Okay, the wind's not out of the south today. Where'd they go? You find those fish. Wow, they moved way over here because they, it's just really, you know, a front came through and it got colder. Where did they move? Why did they move? Oh, black, got a dark bottom over here. It's heating it up a little quicker. I mean, it just it was so, you know, critical to the growth of me as a fisherman. So 
Um, you know, when you said that, you know, the, the local knowledge, the knowledge of being on the water every day really, really changes the game. I, I say it all the time. It's time on the water. The, the difference between a, a really good fishing guide and a really good weekend angler is time on the water. That's the difference, you know? Yep. Yeah. I, I just, I think that's, that's a huge thing. So let's, 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 I'm, I'm interested. I want, I've been wanting to ask you this question because to me, uh, I work with a lot of companies, as you know, that, that I'm partnered with in this industry that make my world go. Um, and, and you're all, you're all obviously key components to what I do for a living. With that being said, I don't know, you know, everybody is trying to be innovative. Everybody's trying to come up with the next cool thing. Um, but you seem to do a really good job of it. It seems like every time, um, you know, I get a, a, a package in the mail and it's uh, it's new product coming out for the pros to test for Mingo coolers. It's always something pretty cool, like the, you know, rechargeable Libate aerator pump I thought was just phenomenal. The Libate coolers, when I got those, I'm like, these are phenomenal. Um, what, what's next for Ingo coolers? What's, what's Paul's... Um, obviously I don't, you're not giving away secrets here, but you know, is there something coming down the pipe from Ingo coolers? There's always something coming down. And unfortunately we, uh, I can't even go down that road because of the, <laughs> I got you. I got the you. copycat factory. You know, when I launched <laughs> the very first rotor molded coolers, it, it took a company, you know, six months when I launched it at, at ICAST, six months later, there was another company that had better connections than I had. Um, I was just a little guy from Africa, you know, uh, who they had family connections with the big, the big box stores. And, um, you know, they kind of just barreled away and got in and, um, you want to keep it to a secret. You know, I'm pretty sure when you got the pump as well, we, made you sign something that says do not tell you know, <laughs> until sure, yeah. yeah i wasn't right i wasn't giving quiet, a, right i got a i got a package that said hey check this out and then i got another package that said okay now you can talk about it and put it on social media yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes absolutely so we, we keep trying to do stuff like that sometimes you know two three four of them just don't don't work out um we, then we don't ever launch i mean if we don't like them we don't use them ourselves we don't think that they're extremely different or innovative um but you constantly trying to think of something that would improve or benefit or, you know, fill a niche that, that exists, um, or an open niche that exists basically. So, and, so. um, luckily we've done well in, in all of those fields, you know, if I think of a little, just a dry box cooler, you know, that simple, relatively inexpensive cooler that just is watertight sealed. Oh my God. You know, it's just so many of those are, are out there, you know, we sell them like crazy. Well, it's a great, it's a great concept. And you know, I notice people using those for all kinds of different things. I use it myself for, you know, lunch boxes for softball tournaments and, and, you know, stuff I do on the weekend. It's not always in my boat. Um, it is in my boat yes. from time to time, but you know, there's again, you know, when I go to deer camp and things like that, those always make the trip with me because they're just invaluable once you once you get your hands on one and start playing with it and see all the different uses for them. If, if I know when people ask me, you know, Ingo coolers, why Ingo coolers? You know, what, what's, what's the deal? I know what I tell people. What is, what is Paul? What's the message from Paul Cablin, the Ingo cooler guy to the listeners, to the people out there? You know, what, what is your message to people and why you believe they should take a look at Ingo coolers above all else? We're, we're part of the community in every way possible. You know, we've joined hands with so many organizations giving back. We're a family-run business. 
um, it's, it's just a very different vibe, very different feel. You know, the turnover of our staff is close to zero. Um, people just love working there. People love working with us like yourselves. And we're a sponsor of many different, what I would call good causes. Um, one of the bigger ones is like the Coastal Conservation Association and a lot of these other reef projects that are going on. You know, there's a, there's a lot of um, thanks and feedback and, and return that we get involved in. Um, even one of our guys in our office, you know, he sits on all of these sort of very high level commissions, government sort of bodies, um, sports fishing sort of bodies and things like that. I don't mention them all, but, um, we make time for that, that it's part of that give back. That's part of getting involved, um, and being very much sort of, can I say finger on the pulse again, you know, just, uh, at, at all levels, you know, from, from that high level down to, just every now and again, just getting out there and, and just, you know, doing it ourselves and just being part of it. Um, but approachable, you know, when you phone our telephone number um, and you phone our competitor's telephone number, if you can find the competitor's telephone number, um, you get to speak to a real person on the first or the second or the third ring. And you speak to knowledgeable people. You speak to sort of family people that are going to help you. They're going to answer your questions. They're going to look after your warranties. They're going to, you know, whatever it is. Um, it's, it's, it's real. It's what I would call old school. Um, for years, we fought against a phone system where literally we would answer the phone and, and kick through. Now we do have a phone system, you know, that, that answers and, you know, different extensions and, and things like that. But it's, it's still, we answer the phone. We're actually answering the phone, which is, it still tells a story. And I think those of us who are a little bit older can appreciate that. You're not getting lost in a maze of, you know, just kind of, I don't know what the right word is, but technology and frustration. I, I use, I, I say that the same thing about Ingo coolers a lot. Um, sometimes when people ask me, sometimes when I'm filming a tip of the week for the TV show or whatever, and, and it, I resonate it back to something I say about, about all of my partners is for me to get up in the morning and, and do things. Let's say it's, I'm filming a show and today's we're going to do a tip of the week for Ingo Coolers or for Pen Reels or for Vicious Fishing Line or whatever, Contender Yamaha, whatever, all my partners. To me, it's so much about the people because I have to enjoy going to work and going to work where I'm wanting. I want, I want my partners to be successful because I like the people I'm partnered with. Does that make sense? Like it's not just it's not just about getting a check from somebody. I mean, there's a lot of cooler companies out there. You could grind and get a check from somebody. You can grind and get in with a real company somewhere. But to work with certain people in the industry, to where if I've got to go work a boat show or I have to go work, uh, you know, I have to do filming and I have to do a tip of the week today. It's about people I care about. I want to do a good job because the people behind the product that I'm representing are people that I like, are people that I care about, are people that care about. I'll what take it do. as a compliment that we're in that little, you know, you consider us to be there. I, we strive to be there. And, um, you know, from a management point of view, I'm always there. I'm always in the office. I'm always at the trade shows, you know, the events, whatever we can be. Um, we try and be there. We try and be not a, an invisible, you know, hidden kind of in a castle. We're absolutely there. And I'll give you an example. You know, every year we do that big trade show for fishing called ICAST. 
Um, to, you know, that's the one show that all, you know, all the dealers come to and all the vendors go to and things like that. Typically in Orlando has been for many, many years. And, you know, if at all possible, I will bring fam- my family, my son, and make him work and be a part of it. And you've seen him grow up from when he was two years old. You know, he's been there not every year, but almost every year. You know, we'll make an effort. And that's just part of that family vibe, family feeling that we have to try and uh, instill, you know, to everybody else. And it, it, it is like an extended family, all of you guys, you know, all of our pro staff uh, and the friends that we have, our sales reps that are out there, and even, you know, the, the, the retail stores. Um, it, it's awesome. It's awesome to be a part of that sort of extended family, essentially. Yeah, it, it really is. It's something, again, that, that I think you guys do a great job of. I really uh, I appreciate your time today so much. I think, uh, again, you do a great job. It's uh, it's it's a it's a company and a brand that I'm very proud of being a part of, and and I appreciate the support uh, helping me do what I get to do. Uh, you have just so many, Paul, and and I'm sure you get all the phone calls. You get all the nonsense about whenever somebody does something wrong, whenever something's not right, people want to call and grouch. I'd be calling you to tell you how many great people you have working there. Um, the longer I've been the longer I've been partnered with you guys, the more of those people I've been fortunate enough to meet, and uh, it, it never ceases to amaze me. You've done a great job putting together a great team, and uh, again, I'm I'm super proud to be a part of it, and I really appreciate you giving us some time today and letting our listeners uh, know a little bit more about Ingle Coolers. Thank you so much, and thank you for the opportunity to talk to to you, your guys out there. Thank you. But we certainly hope you enjoyed this episode of the Real Animals Podcast, the Gill's Real Animals Podcast, uh, presented by Contender Boats, uh, always presented by Contender Boats. If you're looking to build that dream boat, that custom dream boat, that boat of a lifetime, Contender Boats is the place to go. My good friend Paul Cabellin, Ingle Coolers, uh, again, you know, special, special people, top to bottom. Mike Dixon, longtime friend of mine, uh, vice president over there at Ingle Coolers. Just a great, just a great human being. We've worked together for many, many years. He was with Yamaha for a long time, and he slid over there to Ingle Coolers. And uh, it's just, it's a pleasure to do business and partner up with these guys. Uh, I believe in the product. The product's phenomenal. Uh, Paul's a neat guy. He's got a big heart. Loves his family. Just. Just a super cool dude. And like I said, they keep coming out with just new and innovative things. Uh, the price points are always right on spot. Uh, it's just it's just a cool, cool company. So uh, if you haven't checked out Ingo Coolers, we highly recommend that you check them out. Again, we want to thank our, our, our title sponsor in Gills Apparel. We want to thank, again, our presenting sponsor in Contender Boats. I want to thank my friends here at Radio Influence for making this podcast possible. Remember, the Real Animals podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, ritampabay.com, and Spotify. Remember, it's really important if you subscribe, rate, and review. It really helps us out. If you love these podcasts, let us know about it. Uh, Our social media outlets there, if you could follow us, and you can always DM us, drop us messages, let us know what you think. If there's somebody out there you want us to do a podcast with, we would love to to hear your ideas on it. On Instagram, we're at Real Animals TV. On Facebook, it's Real Animals Fishing Show. So make sure you... uh, you sign on there. You can always reach us on Twitter as well. It's at Real Animals Fish. Uh, so we are uh, doing the Twitter game as well. So, uh, again, I hope you enjoyed that podcast. We certainly enjoyed bringing it to you. Ingle Cooler is a great, great partner. We appreciate you listening today. And uh, stay tuned. Every two weeks we're trying to drop new ones, uh, doing the best we can to keep on that schedule. Sometimes it gets a little tough with my fishing schedule. But, uh, again, with 
Radio Influence working with me real well here to get these podcasts done and put out. We're, uh, we're going to do the best we can. So look to get a new one every other Tuesday. Have a great day. And again, thanks for listening.